Hey everybody, welcome to another fantastic episode of Midwestern Fins. As always, it's your boy, your favorite TB, coming at you hot on the mic with my favorite co-host, Haggy. What's happening, Haggy? It's just the, uh, another day in paradise. That's right, that's right. So, uh, just to kind of update you guys on where we're at, uh, you were supposed to have an episode last Friday, but I forgot to hit record, so... This will be a little bit different because instead of having one charity of the week, we might have more than one. And uh, we'll also be working on some things like Miami Dolphins football, which you haven't heard in a while. And also the Midwest. So, Haggy, are you excited? I am beyond excited. But you guys can't tell because of my monotone voice. Ah, that's right. Uh, I would like to also mention that I, too, forgot to press record on Friday, which is not something I normally do anyway, but I didn't catch it, so it's also my fault. This is probably like the second time we've done something like this. It's at least the second time we've done something like this. So I can think of like last Friday and then when we were on with the uh, Rockpile Report guys. Ah, <laughs> yes. That's good. Yeah. Good times. There's, there's, they're great people. That's right. They are good people. Rock Power Report. If you guys like to hear anything about the Buffalo Bills, give them a shout out. Follow them on Twitter. They have some good things to say, I suppose. Yeah. Probably my favorite Bills podcast. <laughs> same, same. So, Haggy, let's uh, let's get this started. I think because we have to focus on. Um, my favorite part of the uh, podcast so much to get so much in that we've missed. Can we do charity of the weeks first? Absolutely. All right. All right. Take it um, away, my man. <laughs> sorry. So our first charity of the week is obviously an update on TB Taylor rides 200. Okay. It's only hashtag Taylor rides 200. I added the TB in there just to throw you guys off. That's right. Uh, what you got so far? Well, uh, I went on a pretty good ride today. 28 miles with my good friend Jacob, so I'm at... That's quite a bit. I'm at 128 miles this month as of today. So uh, I'm on I'm on a pretty good pace to break 200, and I really hope to do at least 200. Um, as of yesterday... We have raised $4,128 to Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, which is yes. so much more than I was anticipating. When I started this journey, I wanted to raise $500, and we're eight times that now. So thank you to everybody that's um, shared anything on Twitter or donated, especially the donators, and uh, everybody that's followed me on this awesome journey we're halfway done it's still got another two weeks to go so uh, let's keep it going let's keep spreading the word let's keep raising awareness and let's keep raising money for childhood cancer research because it's it's so amazing uh, this has really been a good humbling experience for me hell yeah uh, we're all proud of you taylor uh, we all support you keep it up uh, yeah i want to give a I want to give a couple shout-outs to uh, some people that have been rocking the Taylor Rides 200 in their uh, Twitter handle. So GTH, of course, and then uh, Christina as well. You can find them on Twitter. So 
if you don't give them a follow, give them a follow. But they've been very supportive, and I love it. And then I also know that uh, there's a few people that have been rocking the Taylor Rides 200 banner on their accounts. Haggy, you're one of them. Uh, Weck is also one of them. Uh, Speaking of Weck, Weck is on my team this month, so he's been riding as well and documenting his miles through Alex's Lemonade Stand as well. And then for everybody that wants to interact with anybody from Patriots Twitter, um, Queen Shy is on there. Uh, Cheyenne, she's jumped on my team, and she's going to whoop all of us in the miles. But uh, she rides at the Salt Flats of Salt Lake City, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no hills. <laughs> but uh, thank you to Weck and Shy for joining me on my team and helping me raise awareness. I think that's really cool. And then everybody that just retweets Taylor Rides 200, I love it. It's uh, it's very, it's very nice to see all the positivity spread. Absolutely. Um, we can, uh, if you guys want to check out the other members of the team, we can drop some Twitter ads for you on our uh, Twitter page, Midwest at Midwestern Fins. Um, all right. I think that's uh, what we got for Alex's Lemonade Stand, right? Hell yeah. All right. So, again, we forgot to press record last week. Silly us. Um, so we're going to talk to you about last week's Charity of the Week, and then we're going to talk to you about this week's Charity of the Week. Um, our intention for this month, because it's Suicide Awareness Month, is was to do all suicide prevention charities. So last week was the Trevor Project. Uh, the Trevor Project is a is a charity organization that focuses on the LGBTQ community uh, with people under 25. Uh, this is a a group that really needs um, help. In this area, as or at least the trans community, especially, uh, they have a really high suicide rate. So, uh, the Trevor Project, um, go out and support them. You can find them at the TrevorProject.org. Uh, if you were a member of that community, they do have a helpline for you. Um, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, a really good can- organization. You can call the helpline at the Trevor Project 24-7. There's always going to be somebody there that you can reach out to. Uh, the number is one 468 7386 It's, sorry, Taylor. Um, it's 1-866-488-7386. Oh, no. Good catch. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then if, you, if that's something that... Uh, Tickles your heartstrings. Feel free to drop a donation to them as well. Show them your support. Do you have anything else to say about the Trevor Project? No. Um, we did tweet about them on September 11th, so just uh, follow the thread and then check them out if you guys can help out and spread the word. You know, someone's always there. Someone's always ready to listen. Absolutely. All right. So you ready for uh, this week's? I am ready for this week's, Haggy. Definitely ready. This week's Charity of the Week is the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. So this one focuses on mood disorders like depression and bipolar 
disorder. So these these mood disorders account for over half of the suicides in our nation every year, or in our country every year. Wow. So what they want to do is they offer support and empowering resources to people when they need them. And uh, it's everything's online 24-7. Uh, there's local support groups as well. Uh, there's, there's, they have a lot of stuff um, going on for them. Uh, this is another highly rated organization within um, that we found off Charity Navigator. Um, but really helping people take care of their mental health is one of, if not the best way to help prevent suicide besides um, so well, they, I mean, hold on. It's the best way to help someone for help prevent suicide as a self-care action. Um, like being there for someone, that's a really great way to help like your friend, your wingman, um, or your family member. But like if you're if you're in a place where you think that um, you might be affected by something like this, um, then this is a good resource for you as well. Yeah, you can find... You can find the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance at dbsalliance.org. Um, so check them out. Well, as always, we always tweet a link with uh, the episode drop. So be ready to check that out. And um, I really liked how you mentioned that it's a good way to do self-care. Because so many people are afraid to ask others to help. Um, whether it be a pride thing. Or you're not ready to admit that you might think there's a problem or some kind of issue there. So if you guys can reach out to these, uh, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, they're there to help you and to help you grow as an individual. Um, and it might not feel so invasive if you are feeling that way. Absolutely. Well said, Taylor. Thank you. All right. Well, that is our first... I believe three charity in one week week. Yes, yes it is. That was, I you got again, you guys can't hear it from my voice cuz I'm monotone. Sorry. Um, but I am really excited that we did that or that we were able to do a three in one week. It feels it feels really cool. It feels good. Um, there's there's so many great charities out there and I love being able to feature new ones that uh, some of us haven't ever heard about just to get the idea and see how many great people are out there doing awesome things. So um, make sure you check out our three. As always, Alex's Lemonade Stand, um, the Trevor Project, and the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. All right. Well, Haggy, now that we got that out of the way, shall we jump into uh, some Midwestern fins? Yeah. What do you want to talk about more? Midwest or the Dolphins? I feel like people are waiting to hear about the Dolphins, so maybe we should save the best for last. And let's just bump out a little bit of the Midwestern talk real quick. All right. All right. So last week when we uh, forgot to record, I shared with Haggy a new United States record that the Black Hills of South Dakota received um, less than two weeks ago. Aggie, do you remember what that was? Record. 
Yeah. I believe it was the highest temperature swing in a 48-hour period. Uh, it wasn't the highest temperature swing, but you're close. Within 48 hours, there was a recorded temperature of 100 degrees. And then 48 hours later, there was a measurable snowfall. Mm. So the record was the amount of snowfall or the time between a measurable snowfall and a 100 degree day. So I understand a lot of our listeners are from Florida and places that have hurricanes and other types of severe weather. But I will tell you that South Dakota's weather is just about as unpredictable as the Dolphins. Just in a worse way. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so, there's that. I did get to ride in the snow with my daughter, Emma. I thought that was really cool. Um, ended up getting about eight inches on September 7th, which uh, also happened to be the earliest uh, amount of snowfall that was recordable at that height uh, in the season. So, that was uh, pretty mm. interesting. We really needed the moisture. I know that everybody from the Midwest is like cheering for moisture, but it's for real. Um, thank a farmer if you can. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So we All got right. that going for us. Um, other than that, Haggy, you got anything to add from Midwest? I know that you did this really awesome poll about uh, flavors of soda pop or soda or caffeinated beverages or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I am... I don't know. I am delighted that... Oh, okay, hold on. Let me let me uh, give a little bit more background real quick. Okay. So I went to a place, and I found a few interesting flavors of soda. Okay. And so I did a poll and said, which flavor of soda pop would you like to try? Grass, ranch, corn, and mustard. Now, all the final results from the votes are in, and I must say, I am absolutely disgusted that 9% of you chose mustard. Yeah, mustard's terrible. Like, and I'm also delighted that uh, that the tie for first place was between corn <laughs> and grass. That's like typical Midwest. I don't even know <laughs> what's better. <laughs> like, honestly, when you first released grass. the poll, I thought that ranch was going to win. Like, we joke that people are willing to drink ranch. So, uh, willing to drink, like, Ranch flavored soda didn't seem that far fetched for somebody that has seen people dip literally everything in ranch. Right, and honestly, like, like I thought the sweet corn soda would probably win because, uh, you know, like you think, oh, like I'm gonna taste corn on a cob, be pretty tasty, but uh, nope, grass <laughs> tied it. Huh. Well, to whoever oh. voted in the poll for mustard, um, you guys don't need to comment any further. Now, I did the math. 
3.78 of you of the votes were mustered. Now I don't know if they rounded up or rounded down. It says 9.5% were mustered. Well, okay, so let me redo my calculations then. So about four of you voted mustard. There you go. Four Unbelievable. People. Terrible. Now, with something like that in mind, what are your thoughts on ranch on a brat? It's not my style at all. I've I've never really been the ranch guy, you know, like I have obviously soy getty is a thing for me, but like I don't like ranch on everything. Ranch is a salad type thing. I don't like putting pe ranch on pizza unless it's like a specific style, you know, like chicken bacon ranch, that's a good pizza. But I don't think I'd put ranch on a brat, man. If I'm if I'm making brats, they're going to be Probably naked, honestly. They gotta be cooked. A good brat doesn't need anything. That's fair. Now when you when you cook brats, would you do you prefer to pan fry them in like some beer? Or No, I prefer to grill them like open flame over a campfire, but charcoal Ooh. works just as good. Yeah. Those are my two preferences. I did make brats in a pan the other day, and I thought about adding some beer to it, but I decided not to. Alright. Alright. I'm pers I personally also a fire guy. Um, I have a gas grill now. I don't remember what happened to our charcoal one, but I think we just got tired of buying, buying the stuff for it. Um, but yeah, all right. It's very interesting. If any of you guys want to try putting ranch on a brat, please let us know what you think. And that goes for hot dogs as well. Uh, we're a curious bunch. Very yes, curious absolutely. Bunch. All right. So, I guess since we got that out of the way and we love talking about food, it's probably... Uh, Probably start moving on to the second half of the old Midwestern Fins. Haggy, I know that we really wanted to talk about the season before the game was played, but we obviously are after week one. So do you have any initial reactions from week one that we should discuss? <sighs> I... I just, I was, I've been saying for a long time, hey, we need an edge rusher. Hey, we need an edge rusher. And we had, like, Cam Newton was in a place where none of his receivers were open because our secondary is stellar. So then he just took off. Because we had had no one to to push the like to limit his time, and I've had a few. I've talked to this with a couple people, and they're like, "Well, you know, you got you're trying to contain him. You're trying to contain him. It's like, well, you're you weren't containing him either. Like the edge wasn't set. Like there was there was nothing. Like there's no there's 
like even still like even if you're containing like you're not gonna if you're containing them you're not gonna let them go around the edge right like I'm just disappointed like bring yeah, the heat fair. or something like I I you know I was talking about trading for Yannick for a while like it, it, perfect for us perfect for us but no they had to let Minnesota trade for him instead. So now my new pled or my new campaign is to bring back Cameron Wake. I agree. Wake up 2020. Ooh. I like it. Thank you. I like it a lot. That's that's legit. I like that a lot. And I am going to I'm going to say even with getting Wake back, who, as everyone that knows me knows, I love Wake. I think we're going to need another person as well. And I don't have a specific target in mind yet. I'm going to look around, kind of see what we got going on. But uh, another prolific pass rusher of some sort is just what we need to make this defense elite. Even with our other qualms in the running game. Which, uh, by the way, I don't know if you knew this. Or did you see the? Did you see our defensive statistics? Uh, first in pass defense. Last in run defense. Isn't that wild? No, it's not wild. It makes total sense to me. If a team is willing to run the ball down your throat and can do so significantly, they don't need to throw the ball. The Patriots ran all over the Dolphins, and it wasn't even remotely close. Their worst rusher was Sony Michelle, who averaged 3.7 yards a carry. Cam Newton averaged 5. Rex Burkett averaged 4.6. J.J. Taylor at 7. James White, 4.4. Julian Edelman ran up ball for 23 yards. Like They changed their offense to the point where they could run counters, and they could still run the ball up the middle. And they did what they needed to do. They designed runs for Cam Newton. Both of his touchdowns were designed runs. So it just... They built an offense that could run the ball. And they did so. They controlled the clock. And they did everything they needed to do. And then, not only did they do that, but Cam Newton still only had four incomplete passes against our stellar secondary because the middle of the field was open for him because of linebackers having to worry about covering the run that they couldn't do, and it just leaves everything else open. It was, uh... That, to me, goes to show how good how a good coach prepares his team around what he has available to him. I don't like saying that about the Patriots, but they did what they were supposed to do. Now, there is one good thing that I will say. For how good the Patriots ran the ball... And them only scoring 21 points is saying something. That's fair. I think... I think that might have been a result of just how much time was being run off the clock, honestly. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, we were also run heavy in that game as well. Though not with nearly as much success. I don't know about I don't know if you could say run heavy. We still pass the ball about sixty percent of the time. Oh really? Yeah. 
Oh. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 30 attempts passing. Um, we as a team had, it appears we had 27 rushes, so I guess pretty close to 50-50, but um, not not enough to be significant, especially when your number one rusher, who we all thought was going to be Jordan Howard, was never allowed to get into a groove and ended up only getting seven yards on eight carries. Like, we're not a stats podcast, but I, the thing that bothers me the most about this last game as far as our run offense goes was how inconsistent the players on the field were. Not so much the players themselves, but the packages that we were putting on the field. I get trying to make mismatches, but if something's not working, they didn't try to fix what was working. They just tried something completely new. And then that wouldn't work either. So the fact that Matt Brado only got five carries is saying something to me. Um, the fact that Jordan Howard only got eight carries is saying something to me. And then the fact that Miles Gaskin, the guy that we kind of all forgot about, got the most carries. If that works for him and he's doing well, keep letting him run the ball. But if he's not doing well, then I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like any of our running backs were allowed to get into a groove. And I don't feel like that was the game plan that we needed to have to have a new offensive line start to gel together. So, basically, I think we're back to the drawing board after week one, which is really unfortunate. But, no expectations, gang gang. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, Miles Gaskin wasn't allowed to get into groove either, but he did pretty well, I feel like, with what he did have. And then... Um, what I did like to I did like was you didn't really see hardly any sacks on Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he threw like thirty times. There was only one, I think. Um, the Dolphins actually had two sacks on Cam, but I think Fitzpatrick was only sacked once, which is super surprising to me, honestly, with how bad the the uh, offensive line was last year. Like I'm really. Very pleased that they've uh, that the uh, changes they made have been that successful. At least in this first game, we'll see how it goes like later on down the road. But um, yeah, he, Fitzpatrick stayed upright for the most part, though he did throw three picks. So maybe some of that was due to like pressure. But well, one of them wide receiver slipped. One of them was a really bad throw, bad decision. And then the other one was like a no pass interference call that just ended up on it. So there's oh, going right. to be some people that'll say, you know, two of them weren't his fault. But I don't understand how we can say it's not his fault for one quarterback, but not for other quarterbacks, I guess. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, I like what you did there. The only thing that I would say on to top that off is those of you that are ready for Tua to come in because Ryan Fitzpatrick had a bad game against the Patriots in Foxborough, then I don't think you guys have been paying attention enough to understand what's actually happening this season. Let's let Fitzpatrick make those mistakes because God forbid Tua threw three picks in his first start. His head would be on a stake immediately because none of us know what kind of expectations to have for this Miami Dolphins team, except for me, which is none. So... <laughs> 
if you guys don't want to be disappointed on game day, you need to join the No Expectations Gang Gang and just go with the flow and let things happen. We're still in a rebuilding year. As much as I hate to say that, the draft that we will have next year will be equally as important as the 2020 draft. So whatever happens this season, for everybody that's all about high draft picks, we can't. Ex- we don't want this team to win a lot of games to jeopardize those picks, right? So you can't, you can't be contradictive on those things. As much as I want to see this team progress and make the playoffs this year, I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't happen. No, that's that's a good idea. Low expectations. Um, so. Abs- yeah. So we also have to think, like. If we do really want the Dolphins to win this year, but also have the high draft picks, then we just have to rely on the Texans. Well, but, so far, the Texans have the first pick. And uh, with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I wouldn't hold your breath. Nope. So. All right, was there anything else about the Dolphins game that you really liked and anything about the upcoming Bills game that you want to chit-chat about? There is one thing that I want to talk about a little bit. Um, I do think that the two rookie offensive linemen that played this last weekend, um, Andrew Jackson and Solomon Kinsley, did very well because... We never really heard their name. And as much as we want, you know, big flashy players where, you know, we, we hear them getting talked about all the time. Like Tyron Smith makes a great block or Zach Martin made a great block or anything like that, that that's great to hear. However, I'd rather their name not be called at all uh, for giving up a sack or a pressure or a holding or whatever it is. Um, I think that those two did really well. I was, I had I had hoped for more with Robert Hunt. I guess I thought that he was going to be the guy at right guard over Solomon Kinsley at the beginning, you know, before um, this team actually took place. But mm-hmm. there's still a chance for that to happen. And I guess as far as this offensive line goes, uh, Andrew Jackson at left tackle, uh, Eric Flowers at left guard, um, Callis. Ted Karras at center with Kinsley at right guard and then Jesse Davis at right tackle. I think that's a good route to go. I think that's what this team needs, and I hope that that's the team and offensive line that we just kind of stick with for the rest of the season so that they can build and grow together. Uh, They're all relatively young. They still got a lot of room to grow, but that's good. You know, we want to focus on the half um, the development potential as well as where they are currently. So we might be able to see some flourishing there. So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. And then as far as um, this Bills game coming up this weekend, um, I saw a odd tweet on Twitter that was like, what is Bills Mafia going to do when they can't uh, break tables at tailgates? Are they just going to try to do a bunch <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Zoom, Zoom calls? Where they're breaking tables at home, you know, like breaking dining room tables. So that'll be interesting to see. Other than that, the only thing that I'm really looking forward to this weekend is what awful throw Josh Allen's going to make. 
Oh, I hope it's a. I hope he misses a game winner. Gosh, those are the best. I I don't even hope he misses a game winner. I just I want to see him overthrow a guy by like thirty yards. Because he just I feel like there's moments where Josh Allen's like in the pocket and he's like, "All right, I'm Uncle Rico now. Watch me throw this ball over them hills over there." Yeah, right. That's definitely a thing with him. Um, but yeah, I know uh, I know I've gotten some flack for uh, making fun of uh, Josh Allen, and uh, just want to say that uh, this is uh, Taylor's right as well that it's the right of the two of us to make fun of any North Dakota State quarterback or Wyoming, Wyoming. quarterback. Yeah, that's right. And I was saying North Dakota at first because I wanted to uh, mention Weak Knee Wentz like I did on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to figure up a cool nickname for Josh Allen. We will, uh, I'll keep you posted. But uh, it's probably not going to be accurate, Allen. No, it's not going to be accurate, Allen. That's for sure. Uh, last season, a... last season he had a five point eight eight completion rating. So uh, that's not good. Um, that's nope. definitely bottom tier. I mean, we all we all know how accurate Jameis Winston was last season, and he was more accurate than Josh Allen was. Yeah, that's crazy to think. You know. He... He got that eye surgery, so I'm hoping, like, the next time he plays, that he just, like, balls out. And then everyone's just like, well, that's what it was. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Uh, Drew Brees has got to stay healthy, though. Speaking of Drew Brees, he had a 74.3% completion rating. Ooh, very nice. Wow. And our boy Ryan Tannehill, 70.3. Gotta love that guy. But, yeah, you guys in Buffalo, have fun with your Jamarcus Russell with wheels. Yeah. I mean, he can run the ball, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Probably be a good running back. But isn't that what we used to joke about with Tim Tebow? Should just yeah. your running back? I think we did, yeah. Um, Allen's pretty tall, though. I don't know if running back would be the right spot. Maybe like a tight end or a receiver. He runs like a gazelle, so. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, um, the one thing any other news? Uh, the only other thing that I want to say is I really hope that Devontae Parker and Xavier Howard get healthy. Um, yes. I know that we talked about how important it was for this team to stay healthy. Uh, I know that when we are doing our, our rookie review, we talked about Noah. And I, I was worried that the team drafted him just in case Xavier Howard was injured. Um, I don't think that the team or Xavier Howard wants him to go anywhere. I think that they both have a mutual agreement that they, that Xavier Howard should stay and play in Miami alongside Byron Jones, alongside Noah, so that they can build something great in that secondary. But he's mm-hmm. just got to get healthy. I know how excited we are to have Devontae Parker pair up with one of our favorite Dolphins, Preston Williams. So just, uh, I really hope that those guys have the best. I hope that they get healthy soon. And I hope we can see them play on the field and dominate like we know they can. I agree. 
I agree. I also believe that Elandon Roberts has a concussion right now, so uh, I hope that he gets uh, he gets healthy as well. I think we need to have some form of I don't know how to explain it better than just chemistry in the linebacker group. Jerome Baker had a really good game. Christian Wilkins had a really good game. But Kyle Van Noy had mentioned something like, I was doing my assignment. And if he was doing his assignment, we're giving up that many rushing yards and something needs to change. And that might be uh, indicative on the coaching, but we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll reserve my coaching stuff for the end of the season. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not, um, but I think uh, I think Noah did a great job too. Honestly, I was impressed by the rookie. We didn't hear his name called a lot, and then also I saw Brandon Jones on the field a lot too, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, Brandon Jones did lay lay the wood on Edelman one game one play. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yes, he did. It's great stuff. Um. So, got to worry about Buffalo's defense next week and uh, Josh Allen running the ball on us. Like, can't, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ran design quarterback runs against us after what happened last week. I, I think that's probably something the Dolphins are going to have to watch out for. And I hope that Flores can make the proper adjustments to address that, whether it be making Baker be a spy or put different fronts up. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It was pitiful how bad we stopped the run. It really was. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all I got. I think that's fair, too. Um, As always, check out our Charities of the Week. Alex's Lemonade Stand, The Trevor Project, and the Depression and Bipolar uh, Alliance. So give them a shout. We'll tweet a thread on Twitter as well as put the links up on our uh, Podbean and Spotify and iTunes when we post this podcast. Uh, I don't know if we'll see you again before uh, the Dolphins play the Jaguars, but we'll see what happens. We might have two games to talk about before we record once again. Yep. Let's uh, hope we can remember to press the button. Yeah, record. (laughs) Oh, shit, did we hit record this time? Yes, we did. (laughs) Ah, good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night, and always, fins up. Take it easy.